Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hello! Hi, everybody. Welcome to the LaughSpin podcast. My name is Mike, and we are here live from the Alamo with my good friend, editor-in-chief, LaughSpin.com, Dylan Godino. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. I really don't talk like this, so I'm going to stop talking. I'm like here. That. I'm going to stop talking on my stupid radio voice because it's stupid I'm, radio voice. I'm here at the Alamo. Hey, buddy. Hey, Mike. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. And it's good to uh, actually, you know, do a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry uh, for those uh, hardcore listeners out there. Uh, All six of you. <laughs> we've been we've been live listeners. I mean, we have oh, right. hundreds of thousands of, of downloaders. We've been on hiatus for two weeks. I was at the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. Did a fine, so, fine job. So that kind of, you know, stunk things up. And then last week I died. Uh, <laughs> and in that, yeah, obviously I could not. I was in no shape to do a podcast being dead and all. Right, right. So, but we're here. We're here and everything is good. We are. And we're very psyched to be here. Thank you uh, very much for being with us. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. What the heck is going on out there, man? Well, this I, I wanted to spend about 40 to 45 minutes just talking about the Olympics this, oh, this episode. Good, because nobody else has been talking about that shit. Does, uh, I mean, am I, am I a weirdo? Why? I don't give a shit. About the Olympics? Yeah, I so don't give a shit. Nobody really gives a shit. But, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm around people all the time, and they, like, they're talking about it, it yeah. earnestly. Like, who gives a fuck? Well, because I think the Olympics are the only thing that they actually go above and beyond talking about their background and making it a soap opera mm. because they literally have nothing else. Like, they have nothing else to go by where people will get excited for a team. You know who, what I mean? Who has nothing else? The people talking about the it? Broadcasters oh, the broadcasters and stuff. the broadcasters. Yeah. They have hours to fill, so they have to find <laughs> these, like, <laughs> shitty backstories on... Right. Ryan, what's his name? Ryan Lochte? The I guy have no who idea. Can't, he can't put three words together. I haven't watched three seconds of the Olympics. None? None. I've seen a little. I've seen enough. I've seen enough to know I've seen too much. Yeah. <laughs> if you are watching us live on the Ustream, on the bottom of the screen there is the Twitter feed from Laughspin.com. You can check that out and send in your questions at Laughspin.com and also in the chat room and we will we will get to them. We do have a couple, don't we? Oh, yeah, that's right. We do. Chris is lame, says, can I have a job at Laughspin? No. <laughs> oh, he also asked, when has a comedian actually made it in the business? That's a really good question. Here's This is like, what does success mean question, but as it pertains to comedy. To me, if you're a comedian, this is going to sound really boring and, and maybe too obvious, but if you're a comedian and you can quit your job and support yourself and live a life where you're not completely miserable from a financial standpoint, to me, that's making it. Maybe you have a TV credit. Maybe you have a, a few TV credits. Uh, I don't know. That's it to me. If you're a comedian and you get to tour the country and maybe you're pulling down, I don't know, 75, 80 grand a year. Oh, that's reasonable. I mean, that's not in this day and age. That's not a high salary. It's not a horrible salary. Um, high for me. 
Uh, well, I mean, whatever. I, I understand. If you're making fifty or sixty thousand, it you know it also depends what your situation is, where you live, the bills you have to pay. So if you're making whatever amount of money you're making, so that you can live like a human being, maybe it's fifty five, sixty five thousand dollars. To me, you've won because you are living life with not a real job. You're a comedian. You're making people laugh. To me, that's making it. There you go. Anything else is below is, is icing. I, I don't know. I think it's. To each his own, man. Some people think they made it when they're the headliner at their local club. So, sure. Those so, people would be wrong. Yeah, of course. <laughs> right. It's the general consensus versus the individual, I guess, is yeah. the, is the uh, question. Where I, I think general consensus is what you're saying, where I think if you're doing that and only that, if yeah. that's what you claim on your taxes, <laughs> right. is that you're a comedian. Yeah. Then, yeah, I guess I guess you can say you've made it. That's um, That would be my definition. And most people would say that you've made it. You are a comedian. You're not a substitute teacher slash comedian. Right. <laughs> that's, a good, that's exactly right. That reminds me of comedian Josh Gondelman. Hilarious, very nice guy from Boston who used to be teacher or substitute. He used to teach, and he's got a few bits about that. Hilarious. Ted Alexandro, also a very talented comedian, used to be a teacher. Ted Alexandro. What happened to him, man? Nothing. He's doing great. His Twitter is the weirdest fucking thing ever because I saw him live. He opened for Louie. Yeah. This guy is fucking hilarious. He's one of the best. He's great. And yeah. I followed his Twitter, and I'm like, I'm. why am I following Dennis Miller? Oh, no. He's, he's one of the best tweeters ever. It's super political stuff. Am I following yeah. the wrong guy? No. <laughs> I want to. I thought he was going to come out with some like good funny stuff. It's Ted all. Alexandro? Yeah. He's got a very hardcore political side to him. He's very active in the Occupy Wall Street. Absolutely. Movement. And it seems like his politi- very heavy political side is all on Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I haven't noticed lately. Yeah. When he's not doing political stuff, he's... He's phenomenal. I loved watching his stand-up. Loved it. I think I've, I've actually seen him live actually a, a couple of times. It was very disappointed though with the twitter with i thought the twitter. it was, I thought well, it was something you know. some people use it for other things whatever right elizabeth asks yeah. ever interviewed duck stanhope yes multiple times really that's it that's all i'm giving you elizabeth yes we're trying to actually get doug oh i can get I can, Sunday. mike does another podcast that has yeah. existed for many many years yes we have not as many followers already <laughs> that this piece of shit has <laughs> apparently on pinterest all of a sudden oh my god holy shit what uh, happened dude Here's the deal with Pinterest. We, yeah. If you guys want to follow us on Pinterest, I have no idea why you'd want to, but we're there. I'm going to refresh our Pinterest page. As of right now, <laughs> holy shit, it just went up again. We have over 58,000 followers on Pinterest. How is that possible? <laughs> Did you sign up for some kind of like no. chain letter? Like chain letter Pinterest? Not account? at all. I have somebody manning the Pinterest account. We have 58,100 followers on Pinterest. To give, to give people an idea of where that ranks, People Magazine has like 17,000. Jesus. <laughs> but Pinterest is just like, oh, I like this. I'm just going to put it on a bulletin board. Right? <laughs> That's it, right? It's slightly more than that, but that yeah, that's about it. I think it, 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 the value uh, is absolutely meaningless. There's there's no value to it. You'd have to be super creative and incredibly brilliant to to figure out a way to use Pinterest to actually be of value. All right. Well, so there we go. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna refresh, refresh one again. more time. Holy shit! Fifty eight thousand one hundred and sixteen followers. 16, just like that. Just from us talking about it. Dear Lord. Incredible. How did... <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, dude. Let's get to some news. Black comedy news. First up, 
Jay Moore launching, speaking of podcasts, launch, yeah. launching his own podcast network. Very excited about this, I am, because uh, I love more stories. I think it's a fantastic podcast, one of the best out there. And I haven't got a chance to listen to it yet, but I really want to listen to his. He just did a recent interview with uh, Henry Winkler that I want to hear. Heard yeah. it was great. Leaves the Kevin Smith, the Monopoly, known yeah. as uh, Sir, or Smodcast, the, yeah. the Smodcast Internet Radio Network or whatever. And now he's doing uh, Fake Mustache. Fake, fake mu- is, is it Fake Mustache Podcast or Fake Mustache? No, the, the name of the network is Fake is Mustache. Fake mustache? Okay. Yeah, and that launched. Sure. So what else is on this? Because he's, you know, obviously something with Jay Moore at the helm is going to bring in some really good talent. So yeah. what else is on this? Yeah, he's got uh, the podcast with Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson. Jim Jeffries and Eddie Ifs podcast. A very, very good podcast. And then Joe McDonald, his podcast is on there. There's more to come. Kevin Smith apparently was like very nice about, you know, he had a contract, Jay Moore. Yeah. And uh, he let him out of his contract. I mean, wh- what kind of boss does that? He lets him out of his contract so that he can create something to compete against the thing he had a contract to work on with Kevin Smith. Right. But we've talked about this in the past. Podcasting is such a different animal. It's just such a different beast because it's not like radio where you're fighting for listeners. Yeah. Podcasting is very proactive and very just kind of whatever. It, it doesn't matter. You can share the audience. It's quite fine. Um, but that's awesome for Jay and I'm, and I'm psyched for him. And the shows that he's got on are really good. I ha- Jim Jeffries is a very good one too. Yeah. The other ones I haven't really listened to. So it'll, that'll have to be some, uh, appointment listening but what else is there he's adding other stuff to it as well he said there's there's definitely more podcasts to come he hasn't really announced what those other ones are jay give us a call (laughs) give you a call sure give me a call i'd love to talk to him give mike a call he used to live right down the road from here actually oh that's right yeah you're just right i mean literally right down the road i know you're you're blood you're giving up it's fine your whereabouts it's my general radius yes <laughs> yes, I am. That's quite all right. But yeah, uh yeah, he's uh yeah, me and me and him are practically related at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> not at all. You uh you were on how many episodes of Gary Unmarried? I <laughs> I was in the background for the job. Yeah, that was on several episodes. Was, I liked your work. I enjoyed your work very Thank much. You. So check out Jay's podcast network. It's it's sure to be awesome, especially with more stories going twice a week now, <gasps> which is crazy. All right, moving on. Archer plans a Bob's Burger crossover episode. Of course, you know Archer because it is a fantastic show. If you don't know Archer, you, you do not know what you're missing. John Benjamin is Archer, of course, has a fantastic voice, and he's also part of Bob's Burgers. And now they're doing a little crossover episode. So this is too much of the delight of fans of both shows, big time to the fans of John Benjamin. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he talked to Entertainment Weekly, and uh, they must have asked, you know, what's the plot line going to be? How in all that is holy, Bob's Burger is going to join up with Archer? So he says, quote, it's like a born identity type plot line. It starts off with Archer as Bob making hamburgers, but he doesn't know that he's Archer. He's at the restaurant, and these, like, I think Russian thugs come in. <laughs> I love the fact that he, like, doesn't, he's not even sure. <laughs> and Bob dispatches them expertly. And then he's like, what just happened? How did I do that? He does it in a much lower voice. So he has to try to figure out why he's so good at killing people. Now, after I read this interview and after we picked it up and put it on Laugh Spin, I said to myself, Dylan, maybe he's just fucking with us. Mm-hmm. Maybe he still is. But today, Aisha Tyler, who is co-star on Archer, retweeted our post. She plays Lana. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. Lana Kane. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I, I have to assume maybe maybe they're all in on the joke. Perhaps. Or maybe it's it's absolutely true. I'd have to imagine Entertainment Weekly would ask John Benjamin if he was just joking around before they, you know, release this exclusive information. Either way, I'd be delighted. If it happens, great. If it's John Benjamin playing a, a massive trick on everybody, I, that's great, too. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it should be fun either way because, again, Archer is just... One of the best shows. If you if you have Netflix and you haven't seen it yet, just just devour it in a weekend. It's re- it's just a lot of fun. A nice segue into the the geeking out of uh, the internet culture. Arrested Development f- <laughs> beginning filming that is today. Today being Tuesday. Yeah, uh, we're recording this. Uh, the new Arrested Development season is filming today. And that was all over the internet today. I don't know if you saw if you saw a lot of that, but yeah. so many people are psyched for this, myself included. Big time uh, Arrested Development fan. What else you got on this? As you may know, it's going to be uh, ten episodes. It's going to premiere all at once on Netflix, and then right after that, there. I mean, well, not right after, but they're going to do a movie. You know, what's really an interesting idea is that Netflix has tried with Lily Hammer to have its own original programming. Yeah. To release it, and it was a massive failure. That show, anyway. This is going to be so huge yeah. that I really think this should be the avenue they go. The much too soon canceled sitcom or comedy show or whatever reincarnated via Netflix yeah. for another season and a movie or an- or another couple of seasons via Netflix, and that will throw them through the roof, man. I yeah, think that's huge. I, I agree. I think it's I think it's the route party down should go. I think oh, that should totally. come down. And more so than party down is I think because they have such a huge online following and such a nerd cult following community. Oh yes. Community should somehow scrap NBC mm-hmm. and go strictly to Netflix. Are they in a contract? How does that work? I mean, I, I, you know, I, don't under, I don't know exactly yeah. how that works. Sony Pictures Television owns, I'd imagine, 90% of it. Dan Harmon owns probably a very tiny portion of it at this point. You know, right. he's, he's still getting paid because it's his creation. They'll be coming back in the fall on NBC, but it's like on 8 o'clock on a Friday. Right. They it's have weird. two new showrunners. I have no idea what they're trying to do. It, it seems like... I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't understand how they think it, it's going to be successful at that time. Friday at eight o'clock. It's just Friday's like, no man's land. Th- yeah, that's where you put <laughs> shows when they're ready to die. Right. And if it, if and if it was really ready to die, then get creative and let's see it online because that's apparently. I don't know if there's any like hard stats, but anecdotally, maybe not most, but a tremendous amount of community fans and community watchers watch it online because mm-hmm. the morning after the whole episode is on nbc.com yep. on hulu yep. that's how i watch it right and i'm sure there's a lot like you there was an article that came out recently about a lawsuit in india over the nielsen ratings yeah and basically how nielsen was just completely fudging the the ratings they were just cooking I, the books i heard a little if, bit about have you heard that. about that so the assumption is not too far-fetched to think that that is also happening here in America, and that is also not too far-fetched in the fact that it is happening here in America. Yeah. The books, you see it all the time. I've seen it in radio with Arbitron where a new Spanish-speaking station will come in and all of a sudden, hey, all the Arbitron diaries went to Spanish-speaking families. That's weird. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) hmm, how did that happen? That kind of stuff has been going on for a long time, and 
you saw it with recent example was Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's first episode of this season was huge, and then apparently their second episode dropped dramatically. Now, no way did that happen. No way did that actually happen. But a lot of factors get taken into consideration that don't get taken into consideration when it comes to Nielsen diaries right. and Nielsen ratings. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right in that I would say a vast majority of the people that watch Community and watch those kind of shows watch them online. And yeah. that's why they're getting shit ratings on TV because nobody's watching it. The other thing, too, is if you TiVo a show and don't watch it after like two days, it doesn't count. That's right. It doesn't count towards your towards the, the TiVo ratings, however they rate that. I forget. Like, I'll do this. We'll do this all the time. We'll tape all the shows during a week, and then on Sunday when we got nothing to do, we'll, right. watch, we'll go through watch. the whole shows. We'll <laughs> watch a week, worth of, yeah, right, right. week <laughs> worth of television. So I'm sure a lot of people do that, and unfortunately, a lot of that stuff doesn't count. By the way, what's that like having nothing to do? On Sunday? Yeah. I, it's it's very want, fleeting. Do you want to watch nowadays. my two children <laughs> on Sundays? <laughs> I mean, they could watch whatever you want. What do you guys watch? Game of Thrones? Are they good? Yeah. That's fine for a three and a half year old. (laughs) That's fine. There's a lot of fucking and violence in that one. Have your kids, how old are your kids? Three and what? Three and a half and 11 months. Three and a half and 11 months. Yeah. Has your three and a half year old seen breasts on TV? Seen naked tits on TV? No, 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 no. Really? No? No. Not at all? When was the first time you saw tits on TV? Holy shit. I I have, I, I would have to think. I have no idea off the top of my head and I never even thought of that. Really? I know it instantaneously really five years old i saw revenge of the nerds and there's panty raid scene jesus i i don't know and that had full frontal fucking bush yeah i mean back then it was all yeah it was terrible yeah just it was terrible horrendous it was a hedge (laughs) in between her legs it was fucking gross i have no idea when i first saw boobies on television i'd have to think about it that's for next episode all right think about that because that's a a very important step in a man's life i could tell you that the first (laughs) porn movie the first proper porn movie was was entitled titty slickers Which, which I saw from, <laughs> if, <laughs> in freshman year in high school. Yeah, titty, wow. titty slickers. Yeah, wow. Check it out, guys. There's some. There's some pretty good scenes in it. Titty slickers. Was yeah. that was that a vivid? Uh, you know, I have no idea. Was that a Spice Channel? I have no idea. No, I mean it was. Uh, I mean, I watched it on VHS form. Did you watch Scrambled Spice ever? I definitely watched Scrambled something. Mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't tell you if it was like or if like they fuck a certain <laughs> way. They just, the whole thing just turns a negative blue and looks like two Smurfs. <laughs> Fucking two Avatar. <laughs> Going at it. It's awesome. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've, yeah. Yeah, dude. All right, let's get to some fucking audio. It's fucking audio time. Whee! What's the first one, buddy? This week, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been following on laughspin.com, we've been keeping you abreast of Scott Moran, uh, or Moran, I think it's Moran. Scott Moran, he's a comedian, but he's also a documentary filmmaker. And every week, he's been releasing a new episode of a mini documentary series he's calling The Modern Comedian. Kurt Braunholler was on the first episode. He also did Greg Barris and Ben Kronberg. This week, it actually just premiered, again, we're recording this on Tuesday, just premiered this morning. This documentary, it's a 10-minute long documentary uh, with Lynn Shawcroft, who, as you may or may not know, was married to Mitch Hedberg the last six years of his life. She... I've talked to her many times. She is a lovely, lovely woman. But right now, we wanted to give you about mm, a minute of the audio where Lynn is, she's sitting in their cabin. They bought a cabin in like rural California just to go and like veg out and and relax. So she's sitting there and she's basically talking about Mitch's writing process and, and why she loved Mitch so much. One thing I learned from Mitch about writing and 
which probably really attracted me to him was he was a huge proponent of daydreaming. I think he considered hanging out and thinking an extremely valuable way to spend your time. Like just hanging out and like thinking or allowing your thoughts to drift, um, setting up your life so that you can have that time to use your imagination. He loved writing, he loved the pen, he loved the paper, he loved Sharpies, he um, would constantly be like, I want a Sharpie to sponsor me. He loved pens, he loved paper, he just loved it. He loved being in a room with a pad. He told me that when he first started doing comedy, for the first few years, he would go to like places where he felt kind of weird to write. He would go to like, um, he would go to Target cafeterias really bright light with weird people and like you know what I mean that would make him feel comfortable and maybe a bit surreal so he would write a lot there wow that's cool yeah, yeah, it's really cool, and it's already blown up on Laughspin.com. Yeah, uh, people love it. People Sharing love it. Mitch Hedberg, dude. Yeah, he's one of those guys that just—it's great for the people. With, I, I how can I explain this? It's great for the people with simplistic comedic senses of humor, mm-hmm. and it's also great for the people that are really smart about their comedy. Right. It's like Stephen Wright comes to mind, but it's it's I think it's way better than Stephen Wright yeah. for me. I, I do. He has this way of just stating something that's right in front of your face. Yeah. For years. And you <laughs> and you never recognize it until he just slaps you in, in the mouth with it. <laughs> right. The best. I love that. I love Mitch Hedberg. And, and I'm not surprised that this is blown up. And, yeah. I, you know, I, I'd be interested to see the entire thing and, and to see who he was. It's, it's, uh, such, it's such a shame that such the geniuses are just they just go away so quickly and it just sucks yeah but it's very cool to at least give a little peek behind the curtain here have you watched the whole thing did you i have indeed any any like really fun thing to look out for any little teases you can yeah give? i mean my favorite part of this is there's a few points in in the mini documentary where you get to hear the audio from some of mitch's more popular more classic bits sure and they show where the joke originated in his notebook whoa so like you hear him so you hear him talk Talking, delivering the joke on stage yeah. and then you see like notes about not the not the joke verbatim so right. it's cool so you see it on how the page. it built yeah so you see it you know how it built that's, so that's really really that's cool. pretty cool that was a very cool idea that scott had all right tignataro yeah go from that to this jesus well yeah you know we we, we <laughs> gotta come out of an upbeat number into a fucking dog dying <laughs> casey uh, K- is that casey case yeah, yeah yeah i have i can't do casey case impression so i just said the line one of the comedy era's most beloved comedians tignataro has cancer she made the announcement last night during a show at largo in los angeles well not yeah well, well it wasn't last night it was uh it was last night when I when I wrote this. Oh. Anyway, it, it happened the other night. The other night, <laughs> late last night. So I mean, we're laughing, but uh, yeah, we're you know obviously. So so anyway, she she got on stage uh, at Largo. The the show was packed with huge people. Louis C.K., Bill Burr, Ed Helms was was hosting it. Somebody who was in the audience, her name is Kira Hesser. She took to her Tumblr and she basically explained exactly what went on. So I'm gonna read some. Some of, uh, some of which you wrote, which you can see on Laughsman.com. Uh, applause gave way to reticent laughter as she explained how she had planned 
a set about bees flying alongside her car on the 405, but that she couldn't possibly do her, quote, silly jokes when all this was going on. And that's when she told us that three days ago she was diagnosed with breast cancer in both breasts. And by the way, Oof. part of the reason I'm reading this is, is not because I'm, I'm lazy and I, and I don't know what to talk, but like Kira does a really great job of summing, summing this up. Tig also went on to, to she kind of let the audience in on a lot of uh, other stuff that had happened to her recently, which it's just it's been a horrible horrible year for take her mother died tragically she was Ugh. she was not super old she it was a tragic accident she just split with her girlfriend and she recently suffered a quote debilitating bacterial infection in her digestive tract for which she was hospitalized and lost 30 pounds off of her already small frame i can't even imagine oh my god tig 30 30 pounds tig, lighter tig weighs about nine pounds normally like Jesus. i can't imagine and weeks ago a tig was on facebook and she had kind of vaguely said that she was moving to New York to write on a show and she didn't reveal which show that was but at the show she revealed that it was uh, Amy Schumer's upcoming show for Comedy Central so I would imagine she's not she's not making the move so yeah really? I, I, I don't know I don't, I, I, I'm not sure so obviously very very sad news obviously not a death sentence feels like something she had to do like mm-hmm. this is and you know this is what she does this is she's a comic she goes on stage every night and she tells stories and she tells jokes and she makes people laugh so you know as a comic you have to address it so yeah, yeah. well it's it, you know it is cool too that she's allowing everybody to kind of come into her life a little bit and that's kind of what comedy is all about yeah and if you got to make it somber you make it somber i'm sure she made it you know it, it's it's written here in kind of a somber tone but i'm sure she made it as as fun as she could be and and yeah. probably you know brought it back to some other jokes here and there and yeah peppered in some things and she absolutely it, did yeah and Lu- louis ck took to twitter the next day and mm. applauded her for like it amazed i i wish i i i queued up his his tweet but he was very kind to her. I think Bill Burr tweeted something as well. Same thing, yeah. And you know what's awesome about this is you never... Tignataro kind of... I, I mean, to me, I like all sorts of comedy. Uh, yeah. But you can't deny that there's that there's certain uh, subgenres or cliques or whatever. Sure, yeah. So it's, I think it's just awesome to hear, like, Louis C.K. and, like, Bill Burr saying how much of an incredible comic Tignataro is because she's not... She's, like, a quirky storyteller. Yeah, yeah, she's, right. She's not Bill Burr and she's not Louis C.K. Right. And, you know, and that's... And I love that, too, because you see like the kind of mount rushmore of yeah. those those sub genres you know giving props to other things it just shows you that everybody has their own sense of humor that varies so they can you know it can span a different sub genre and, right. and give that little nod you know louis done that a couple of times whether it be daniel tosh or that's true uh, what's her name from uh um uh bamford no the woman from the show the hbo series lena something oh lena dunham yes yeah that's true yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very cool. It's very cool to see. All right. Let's move on a little happier news. Andrew Dice Clay for fans of Dice. He's filming his first special in 15 years. Yeah. What's up, man? He's Showtime, right? For Showtime. Yeah. He's, he's kind of on a streak. Yeah. Uh, August 25th, he's doing two shows in St. Charles, Illinois, of all, of all places. I think uh, the people in St. Charles basically call that Chicago. <laughs> 
right? Uh, <laughs> apparently, he wanted to film it. He tweeted. What did he tweet? Here it is. Due to uh, imagine it's not, all these words are not spelled properly. Uh, <laughs> due to fucking politics in the entertainment industry, I had to change venues for my Showtime comedy special. Special. It will not be in Boston. It will be in Chicago. So apparently, see, he won't even say St. Charles. He says Chicago. Right. So <laughs> apparently, it was it was supposed to be at the Wilbur Theater at Boston, which he does extremely well at. Mm-hmm. It's a great venue. I don't know what happened. But anyway, it's it's happening August 25th, two shows at 7 and, and 9.30. I have no idea if tickets are still available, but Google that shit or, you know, go to lastman.com. The information is there. For relatively speaking, he's he's on a bit of a tear. He he had a, 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 a what do you call it? An arc, a... Uh, Story arc. Story yes. arc. Thank you. Thank yes. you, Mike. No problem. The final season of Entourage. He just got cast as well as uh, Louis C.K. in the new Woody Allen movie. Right, right. We talked and, about that. And yeah. uh, I know for a fact there's a book and documentary film in the works about him. I have no idea if he's got a publisher or if he's what state the documentary is, but I know those things are happening. So uh, I, good for Dice. I recently watched Heckler, Jamie Kennedy's Yes. Doc. I saw that years ago yeah. before I interviewed him, and now I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> But go ahead. But I just one thing about that was they they had a little short blurb from Dice. Yeah, and I like Dice. Mm-hmm. I loved his old stuff, and I like Dice as how he is now. But yeah. I really like Dice in that documentary because he wasn't so Dice. You yeah. know what I mean? He was actually talking about comedy about his craft in a without going too much into his character. Right. You know what I mean, I know a lot of that is him. Is actually him. Yeah. But I like Dice more when he's serious, if that makes sense. Sure. As serious as he can be. So good for him. I'm looking forward to seeing that Showtime special. More fucking audio. Oh, yeah. Part two. Now, remember when we always talked about how all these people should just shut the fuck up in comedy clubs? Yes. Well, we have a little bit of comedy etiquette, right? And who, who brings this to us again? I forget. I'm sorry. Uh, this is who comedian is Adam Ray. Adam Ray. And he, yeah. he gives us a little a little comedy etiquette. There's a there's a full video up on laughspin.com. You can check it out. But right now, this is a little audio about how you should behave maybe if you've never been to a comedy club before. Here you go. Greetings, everyone. My name is Harvey Sims, and I am a stand-up comedian. Uh, if you're here today, that means you have never been to a stand-up comedy club before. Now, the rules of a comedy club are simple. The people entertaining you are comedians. The things they say are jokes. The sound that comes out of your mouth when you hear those jokes is called laughter. (laughs) I see we already have confused someone. Uh, yes, miss? Yeah, what if they make a joke about something that I think is offensive and off-limits, like rape or Jews or vaginas? Then don't laugh. A Jew walks into a bar and rapes a girl's vagina. See, I don't think that's that funny. Well, that's not even a joke. Of course you'd say that. You look like a Jew. Uh, yes, sir, in the back. What's your question? Yes, what if a comedian makes a joke about a colored person and I'm sitting next to one? Am I allowed to laugh? Well, it depends how big and scary the colored person is. No, Jesus Christ, of course you can laugh. But isn't that racist? Well, it's racist if you don't laugh. I think my neighbor's a colored Negro. Can I tell him the joke? Of course, it's not illegal. To talk to a colored? Uh, yeah, sir, in the front. Yeah, my question is for the man on stage. If the comedian makes fun of me, I can't throw my drink at him, right? What the fuck are you talking about? No, of course you can't. But I bought a ticket. Yeah, to watch live entertainment. If you were at a Cirque du Soleil show and didn't like that the fish was massaging the dragon, you wouldn't throw the rest of your pot brownie at them, would you? No, I never waste a brownie. 
Folks, comedians are people, all right? They have thoughts and opinions just like you. What separates them is their unique and quick-witted observations and point of view on things that you haven't thought of but are also thinking or not thinking. They are professionals. Sir, what's your question? A friend of mine told me that comics like it when you yell out a punchline or their joke. How many times can you do that before it's considered rude? Uh, Are you stupid? Zero. Why would you ruin something they've put months into creating for you? Months? (laughs) Shit. I thought comedians just got their jokes from the internet. What are you talking about? I want to slap you in the face right now. I wish you would, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. That's funny. Very, yeah. very simple, very straightforward about how you should act. Yeah, in a comedy club, and and I love and I love that they t- that they took, uh, you know, the, the the throwing the throwing drink in the face thing. I mean, that's if you guys remember, that's Tammy Pescatelli got a got wine thrown at her, right? And Eddie Griffin also got something thrown at at him recently. So I love that. Adam Ray's, uh, I love his attention to detail there. Yeah, very, very cool. So that's <laughs> that's how you should act in a comedy club, jerks. <laughs> we have a question on the uh, on the thing. Good. Is that what you call this on thing? On the thing. <laughs> Let me call out by name because I, I know how people like to be engaged and Yay. feel like part of something. Uh, so this, this question is from Ustreamer882949. <laughs> uh, I know it's exciting to hear your name on the radio. So do you know if the green room with Paul Provenza is coming back? It is not. It's not coming back. Showtime. Boo, Boo is right. Showtime re-upped that David Steinberg series where he he interviews a bunch of his fucking friends that the older comedians. Paul Provenza's uh, Paul Provenza show is not coming back, and I can tell you for a fact he's not happy about it. I'm actually supposed to talk to him this week, but he's in the UK. I am not in the UK, and we just cannot get our schedules right. We've turned into the morning zoo crew. <laughs> Wait, no, I'll give you a morning zoo. Hold up. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, yeah, the green room is is done. However, the silver lining is that he's working on uh, a televised version of his show, The Set List, which Ooh. is, as you may or may not know, is a stand-up comedy show mixed with improv. The comedians, a rotating cast of comedians, go on stage and they get a topic right before they go on stage and they have to they have to write and perform jokes r- right then and there and it's been a very huge uh live draw on the comedy festival circuit i really should know this guys but i i, I think it might be a uk show right. but believe you me you will be able to see it cool very cool all right great yeah speaking of shows coming back <gasps> Best week ever is coming back. Oh, yeah. What do you got? Best week ever? Yeah. Remember that? I do remember that. What happened to best week ever? They made Paul F. Tompkins the host. Uh Uh-huh. And then the the ratings just died. Uh, Of course. So, whatever. So, it's been gone for three years. Right. And now it's coming back. Not sure of the premiere date, but VH1 definitely confirmed that uh, it is coming back. Something we asked our readers, best week ever. I mean, why are we talking about best week ever? Because uh, it's it, it really helped launch a lot of stand-up comedians' careers. Did you ever watch the show? Yeah, Doug Benson, Judah Friedlander, uh, Patton Oswalt was on there a little bit. Yeah. Um, the Sklar Brothers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, who else? They they always had like Michael Ian Black on that too. They, oh, they kind of right. went sure. to him a lot. Sure, sure. Um, King of Snark. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Patrice ended up doing web web junk. Is web that- junk or something? I don't know if he was on the best week ever stuff. I think I don't think so. I think maybe a little. Maybe on the like the I love the eighties shit. Yeah, like, kind of the same thing. But maybe different. a lot of good ones doing the best they could with very corny material. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was kind of because they kind of sit them in a chair. Like uh, if for those that maybe don't know how those shows worked, they basically sit them in a chair and they were like, well, "This happened on Tuesday. Go." And then the comedians just kind of riff for as much as they possibly can, and hopefully they get a funny line out of it. There's not much to go with, hopefully, and and sometimes you got some really, really good stuff, but it's still VH1, so they got to kind of make it family friendly. Right. Not to, you know, and and, and meanwhile, some of the comedians that we mentioned are (laughs) not very... Not very family-friendly comedians. I dug it. it. Hell, it's it's one of those things you just get sucked into. You just can't help but watch for God knows how long. Those friggin' I love the 80s or, uh, you know, the marathons they would have. They go from, like, 81 to 86. Some right. Ran, some random. <laughs> yeah. And then they would do, like, top 100 metal songs of all time. <laughs> and it was like Rob Zombie and Michael Ian Black. And you're like, what? <laughs> So yeah, that's not actually that. Did you know? Uh-huh. Did you know that Rob Zombie is very close friends to comedian Tom Papa? No, I didn't. I'm gonna. I was gonna lie and say yes. But I mean, no, I do. Can not. you? I mean, those two are are good friends. I also know Tom Papa is very good friends with Clint Eastwood. Is that true? Yes, that is very true. Clint Eastwood flies him out all the time to do private shows for him and his friends. I did not know that. Clint Eastwood loves Tom Papa. He thinks he's the best comedy. He's the best comedian out there. I had no idea. Yeah. How did I not know that? I've uh, I've known Tom for years. Yeah, dude, he talks about it all the time on like Opie and Anthony and everything. <sighs> yeah, it's fucking great. I guess I have to start listening to Opie and Anthony again. You do. Here's an interesting story. This is something that has been going on for decades at this point. <laughs> the new Ghostbusters movie that has been, you know, circling the internet as far as will they make it, will they won't. Bill Murray needs to see the script. Bill Murray tore up the script and sent the shards covered in shit to Dan Aykroyd and what like like there's every rumor known to man when it comes to this this fucking movie about how Bill Murray doesn't want to be in it because he wants to see old guys running around chasing ghosts. He wants to be in it but he wants to be a ghost and you know all all this shit that's going around. Well, now apparently the new Ghostbusters will be made with or without Bill Murray. Um, basically, Dan Aykroyd, I, I think, needs a paycheck. He's been peddling vodka. He's been peddling this skull brand, this this vodka that comes in a skull shaped. Oh right, right, right. Jar, jar, um, skull shaped bottle. Whatever. Yeah. He's been peddling. He's been, he literally was here in this area, like signing stuff. As long as you bought a bottle of this skull vodka, whatever the hell it's called. I right. mean, it just reeks of desperation. It really, really does. Um, <laughs> And apparently him and is, is Ramis writing it with him or no? Um, or he wrote the script or I don't, or is it just Aykroyd or I don't, what's, what's happening? I don't think Ramis is involved. See there, there's your first problem. Ramis is Groundhog Day. I mean, he, yeah, cause he's, yeah, cause, I mean? cause Aykroyd says, quote, we've got a brilliant new writer on it. Right. And we'll be, no, no, no. Well, apparently the, the, Harold Ramis. Right. How, hello. Harold Ramis is a brilliant. You should get a brilliant old writer on yeah. it. <laughs> brilliant writer period there you go um but apparently what wasn't 
BJ Novak or some of the office writers supposed to be involved with the script or something. And really, that's what I heard uh, in the beginning. Yeah. I don't know. And then no offense like, oh. to BJ Novak in the office and Mindy Kaling and her posse. Yeah, but I don't want them touching Ghostbusters. I don't want Ghostbusters touched. Period. Yeah, just let it be. I'm done. Let it be. Go- and and for those Ghostbuster Two haters out there, fuck you. I love Ghostbuster Two. I have no problem with Ghostbusters 2. As you shouldn't, man. 19, what was that, 1989, 92, did that come out? Something like that? Yeah, I don't know. Something. 80, yeah, I don't know. But, dude. Oh, 89. 89, thank I you. I actually wrote it the other day. Cool. Sorry. Ghostbusters 3, they're, they're talking about they hand it off to, like, a new, ba- like, anytime a show or a movie has, like, the new class yeah. or, <laughs> you know, the next generation or anything like that, like, anytime they throw that in there, it sucks. It yeah. always just sucks because the cameos by the old guys are so uncomfortable and forced and they're just, <laughs> ugh, it's just terrible. And they yeah. try to like sneak in references to the first two. Like the, right, they right. say lines that are almost like the lines from the beginning and like every character is kind of like the old characters, but yeah. they're different. Like the one who plays Bill Murray will probably be a girl for some reason. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Just stupid shit. So you've read the script. Is that is right? What, is what you're telling me. <laughs> no. <laughs> is that what happened? No. I don't know. I, honestly, I have no idea. No, 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 no. They haven't released like what, what the script is about or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, whatever. Here's the deal. We can just decide not to go see it. I could have decided. I, I, I could have very well decided not to go see the three Star Wars prequels, but I'm an idiot. So I did. <laughs> And now I hate. Idiots. And now I hate myself. <laughs> and whenever I see anything relate, what I see, I have an eight-year-old nephew on my wife's side yeah. who loves the Clone Wars cartoon, who sure. loves the three, and that's a, that, that's fine. That's what he. That's what he knows. But yep. I want. I want to fucking rip the the Clone Wars T-shirt off of him and say <laughs> no. <laughs> the good thing is, is that he absolutely adores the original three movies as well. Oh, that's good. So. So good. There you go. Good. Can I ask you? Yeah, let's let's do it. You're, you're a Star Wars guy. I am. Yeah. Have you played the uh, Force Unleashed games? Did you I have no idea those? what you're talking about. I haven't played a Dude. video game in uh, two decades. Seriously? Yeah. Seriously, asshole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so hostile. <laughs> so hostile on your video game. I stopped playing video games mainly because I can't control my emotions and okay. rage. Okay. So I said to myself, you need you can't do this anymore. Okay. We, you know, we me and my brother used to play Tech Mobile. That's nice. I mean, Tech Mobile is great. Right. I mean, that's the only thing I would I would basically play. I can't do it. So you wow, you're just you're just a bottled up I'm not bottled up. I mean, that, that's just one of the things Ooh. I've Arr. No, I'm not my brother's a bottled up thing of rage. I'm not. I'm <laughs> I wear my emotions on my sleeve. On um, both mm-hmm. sleeves sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Why, why has this become... Uh, I just, I'm, all I'm asking is because, uh, yeah. as far as Star Wars is concerned. Yeah, and see how, f- I, and see how I went into like... Right, you got... Somebody fix me. Somebody it. fix me. You got it. <laughs> we're, talking about, we're doing a comedy podcast. You ask a simple question about Star Wars, right. and I'm like, this is a good chance for me to air some of right. the, the things that are wrong with my brain. Guys, I got no friends. <laughs> but the force unleashed what i was going to say is the story that goes along with the game yeah would have been a fantastic 
series of oh prequels. really oh my god so the plot to the video the game is the video amazing game is great like if you ever get a chance just go on youtube and, <laughs> and find all the cutscenes to force unleashed and watch them and you'll love it it's so good dude oh, it's such wow. a great great concept but whatever that's that's it's I, sad i like that it's but it's sad it though. is sad but now i could go on youtube and watch some quality star wars programming yeah, from it. a video game <laughs> all right uh robert kelly Godfrey cast in a police comedy on FX. Very exciting. Wow, this is FX. Way to go, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Ted FX, way to go. <laughs> um, Godfrey and Robert Kelly recruited for FX upcoming Bronx Warrants, a half-hour <laughs> comedy about a crew of warrant detectives in, you guessed it, the Bronx. Dennis Leary producing it. Yeah. Sweet, man. Dude, this this has all the makings of uh, of, of something great. FX, as as you know from... Louis, Wilfred, and a cast of other shows, they just kind of let things go. Just like, yep, whatever, we trust you. Go right ahead. Right. Throw it out there. Dennis Leary at the helm producing because he had great success with Rescue Me and got, yeah. a, got away with a lot of stuff on that. And that kind of yeah. like, between that and The Shield, those those are the two shows that really kind of opened the door for a lot of un, uh, stuff that you won't see on any other network. Sure. To kind of like make it make it out there. So it's, it'll, be, it'll be great to see what Robert Kelly and Godfrey have for a comedy. Uh, and what they can what they can pull off with for a like a buddy it seems like a buddy cop comedy which yeah <laughs> which is great I mean uh, yeah I'm I'm sure it's going to be uh, if if not good it's going to be super entertaining sure <laughs> hmm. so congrats to those guys uh, I've been a huge fan of Robert Kelly's for years yeah uh, I was I was actually a guest on his uh, podcast uh, I listened to that a episode. few months ago yeah um, we're gonna hopefully do that again. Uh, sometime soon. So, um, yeah. Congrats, Robert. Bobby. Bobby Keeley. All right. And as you may or may not have known, the Roseanne Roast, the Comedy Central Roseanne Roast, was taped this previous weekend, and it will be airing on Comedy Central when? August 12th, right? 10 p.m.? Yes, correct. Thank you. Correct. And Jeffrey Ross came... To of course be one of the roasters as he always is every every year with the Comedy Central ones. Yep, and uh, he came dressed as Joe Paterno, which was <laughs> pretty funny. He had some some things to say about Roseanne and had some <laughs> had some great fucking lines, man. Yeah, he, really, he had some stuff that I saw right now. But did you hear about the? Did you hear the one that got edited out of Comedy Ye- Central? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all over the place at this point. So why not they just leave it in? Is, is what I'm thinking. You know what? Because as much as you think it's all over the place, it's not. It's not nearly as visible as it would be if it airs. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you getting the few million people, probably I don't know, I'd say two to three million people watching the roast, but then you get. Uh, more mainstream media pick up, and then uh, everybody knows about it. You're right, Dylan. I am more enlightened than a lot of people. <laughs> so, so what? Is, but what is the joke in question? Come on, it's not that bad. So, I mean, you know, it, it, the joke itself. I, I mean, listen, he made he made a joke about the the Aurora shooting. So, he was talking to Seth Green, who was on the dais, and he said, uh, "And Seth, by the way, has has red hair. In case you don't know." Seth, you haven't gotten this much attention since you shot all those people in Aurora. You're actually not like uh, James Holmes. He was doing things in a theater that people remember. Wow. This is a funny line. So, yeah, I mean, I I guess I was talking about this to one of uh, 
the writers over at Laugh Spin, and he's like, "What do you what do you think about this? Do you think Comedy Central should have cut it?" And my answer is yes, because listen, comedy, you know, comedians, free speech, all that, you know, I'm, I'm all for free speech. Right. You should be able to say what you want to say. That's fine. But it doesn't mean that if you say something, you know, and you're protected by free speech, it doesn't mean that it's a wise decision to broadcast something that is going to negatively affect so many people and and perhaps create a situation that is you know even more toxic more unhealthy mm-hmm. than the the situation already is he made a point i love jeffrey ross i think he's great i think he's got balls he made a point that you know comedians should be allowed to say whatever they want on stage but now what? You know, at, 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 you know, at some point, there's, you know, it's a case of diminishing returns. Like, it, it's great that he made a point, but if this joke gets picked up worldwide, I, I, just, I just don't see, uh, I, I don't see the value in it. I think there's a couple of things here that you have to keep in mind. Number one, Jeffrey Ross is, is, has that old school roast mentality where he doesn't really think about the camera's in the room yeah filming uh broadcasting it to millions of people yeah he thinks he's at the friars club with the people in the room those are the only people that get to hear the joke and it, no holds barred you right. can say whatever whatever the fuck you want yeah so it's he, a very good point he comes from that mentality so he's just gonna he that's how he's gonna write he's not gonna edit himself because of the cameras and he actually said that he oh he, did he yeah you you are so spot on because he said uh he was on stern and he said, when he said it, he kind of knew that it was a joke for the live crowd, and that right. he knew Comedy Central was was gonna was gonna. So yeah, sure, sure. So there's so there's that, and I do kind of agree with you where you have an interesting situation here because it's not like a um, stand-up show where a lot of these comedians are getting getting in trouble lately because they take it. You know, people have been taking the video secretly with their iPhones or writing right. it in their blogs or something in a what seems to be a private place becomes very public. This is known to be a public place. Right. He knows the joke's going to get out there. And then you have, but you have that window of taping from taping to broadcast to then decide, you know what? We're not going to like, we're not going to start any shit. Right. You know what I mean? So you have that window of sensibility, I guess, yeah. depending on the, the sensitivity of the joke right. and, and, and so forth. And now I will say this about comedy central. They've done this very sparingly with these roasts. Some of the roasts have been very brutal yeah. and for the time. The one joke that I can think of, for instance, was I think it was Jeffrey Ross too, or no, it was, uh, um, Greg Giraldo said to Courtney love sitting right there. Who would have thought that, you know, at this point, Kurt Cobain looked better or something like that. Right. Like, something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but right to her, you know, right. and, and now if this was 1993 and he said that, that would probably be cut. But because yeah. this, you know, the time, sure. the time has gone on, but it still was a brutal joke because it was right to her. Right. You know what I mean? So they've so good for them as far as they've done this very sparingly i hope this isn't a continuing trend it, it does it, it, it can be a slippery I mean, slope yeah. i mean i think this is a a, a special circumstance yeah i mean i, I have no enough. doubt in my mind that you know when this airs uh on the on the 12th uh it's gonna be brutal yeah it's gonna be very brutal and for you know most likely they'll probably put it in the dvd 
or you know the uncensored DVD. Yeah, that's actually that's uh, that's a really good point. So I mean, whatever you know, it's just it's, it's one of those things that you you kind of have to know what you're getting into when you get into a roast, especially with <laughs> such pros like these guys. Yeah. So anyway, here's a little bit of a clip. This is our last audio clip for the day. A uh, little clip from Jeff Ross's roast of Roseanne on Comedy Central's Roast of Roseanne, which is coming out on August 12th. Here you go. Give it up for your uh, host tonight, Dennis Leary. (laughs) This year, Comedy Central asked us to take it a little easier on the honoree and lob some softballs. I guess that's why we have a lesbian hosting. (laughs) Yes, I have a feeling this roast is going to get bloody. Which is going to be exciting for most of this day is because they haven't gotten their periods in a long, long time. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, no, this is not a Lifetime original movie. <laughs> oh, wait, you know what? Normally when I roast a pig, it has an apple in its mouth. <laughs> After our last roast, I said, we need someone even bigger than Charlie Sheen, but this isn't what I meant. Last year we roasted Charlie. This year we're roasting the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I, I love, I love how he laughs. He can't even get the joke out. He's laughing at himself too much. It's great. It's great. I can't wait to see the whole thing. Awesome, Jeffrey Ross on uh, Roseanne's Comedy Central roast coming out August twelfth, ten p.m. Eastern. All right, we're done, right? I think we're done. Okay, good. Well, hey, this was a lot of fun doing it live. We we uh, we're gonna do this once a month live like this, and then. Probably going to do it live on a computer, uh, you know, via Skype or some other kind of meeting chat thing once yeah. a month as well. We'll see how that goes just to kind of test that out and see if we can. It'll, know, it'll, the podcast alt- will still be weekly, though, guys. Oh, don't, yeah. I don't want anybody to, to, to freak out. No. To throw them out, uh, throw themselves out uh, a window. Tell it's, all your Pinterest people. It's still going to be. Tell. Wait, hold on. Let's do a. Uh, Let's do a refresh. I think this is going to be. Oh, this uh, is going to your head. I th- can see it, dude. This You're is, so psyched. This is going to be uh, like a weekly. This should be a weekly feature, like check in with our, in with you know, Pinterest. with the Pinterest. So I don't know. I forgot what the, I forgot. We're at 57,000 as the beginning of this podcast, okay. which is we're about 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay. We are now, we went from 57,000 to 58,735 followers on Pinterest. Not bad. Why? I have no idea. No clue. <laughs> I have no idea. We're going to, by the, by, by the, by the end of today, we'll be, we'll have more followers than Mashable. We're bigger than U.S. Steel. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> what that reference is, but... It's a Godfather reference. Good on you. I've never seen The Godfather. I know. I know. I know. I have it. We're watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give the plugs. Get out of here. Follow us on Twitter.com. It's a, it's a site that you may know. Uh, we're at LaughSpinCom there. Please follow us on Facebook. There's a fucking huge disparity between our Twitter followers, which is a, a massive amount, uh, compared to our Facebook, which is not a massive amount. You guys need to tell your friends to go on Facebook and, and follow us there. And we're on the Tumblr and all that other and, and all that other good stuff. Um, LobsterTube, uh, uporn.com. We're there. Yeah. Woo. Watch Dylan fucking do a couple of bullshits off of a tranny's ass. Wow. <laughs> uh, you can see me or hear me. You can't see me. 
on mastersofnone.com, my other podcast. I appreciate you guys checking that out as well. That would be great up on you. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us in the live chat room tonight. Really, really cool. We're going to be doing this, uh, like I said, once a month. And we will see you guys next week right here at lastbin.com, Last Bin Podcast. See you.